Hey everyone, welcome to the Mindful Mama Club podcast, the shits and giggles guide to motherhood. I'm your host Gemma and this podcast will be full of all the unfiltered conversations, relatable mum life stories and all the belly laughs I needed as a bougie first time mum in a sea of shit stories and negative Nancys. The Mindful Mama Club is here to remind you through pregnancy, birth and beyond that you are never alone. So, if you're looking for laughter, tips, tricks and information on how to feel empowered in your journey to motherhood, you are in the right place. So tie up that mum bun, grab that lukewarm coffee and let's dive headfirst into the rollercoaster ride that is motherhood together. So... Welcome back, everybody, to the Shits and Giggles Guide to Motherhood. Today, we have Bridget Albano from The Happy Stylist. Um, And yeah, everybody who follows me will know that my favorite pastime is shopping. And I love clothes. I love shoes. I love bags. Um, So yeah, when you dropped me a message and wanted to chat, I was like, absolutely. Um, It would be really nice to get um, a stylist on here and just talk about um, our lovely bodies and how to feel confident when we're dressing them. Because I think I get a lot of people um, talking to me about how they lost their confidence after having a baby and they don't know how to dress their um, their postpartum bodies. So here you are. Here I am. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and let us know what you do? Sure. Um, Okay, so I am the happy stylist. The clue is in the name. I'm generally happy. Uh, I make my clients, or as I call them, queens, very happy. And um, it all started really when I got made redundant from a very big girl career. Um, I was a fashion buyer for 20 years. And I was a breadwinner. And I was very comfortable. And during COVID, unfortunately, I got made redundant along with quite a few other people. And for about a year, kind of went to quite a dark place, really struggled, didn't know who I was without that career, actually. Mm. It kind of defined me and who I was. So really from the age of 25 to, say, 44, that was my life, you know, and it was everything to me. And I had really no work-life balance, so it kind of was my life, (laughs) despite (laughs) having a daughter who just turned 12. So um, I thought, I had to make a decision, really. Was I going to go back? and just keep working the hours and not really having much for life not having any really social life friends you know all of this or Mm. did I start my own thing and that's why I decided yeah I'm going to start my own thing so um that's sort of how it started really and what I would say it's just the best thing that I've ever done because it's I get to give women so much confidence and joy and help them discover themselves and there's just nothing better than that basically yeah amazing and you get to go shopping and spend someone else's money oh yes that's (laughs) quite a good bit as well (laughs) yeah so um yeah talk to us a bit about your your fashion buying career then and how that did was did you always want to be a fashion buyer uh well I did languages at university so um I probably that probably wasn't the, the main plan and back then it was kind of those manuals you know where you had like career manuals you'd go and see a careers advisor yeah. and used to read these manuals and I looked up fashion buyer so what does it involve today you know in this big sort of encyclopedia of careers <laughs> and um 
I thought I knew what it was. Um, but when you sort of start, you realise that it isn't perhaps as glamorous as, as you thought. Uh, but I started my career at Primark uh, before it rode that massive wave and sort of the Oxford Circus store hit. And, you know, it just went mental, basically. So I'd, I sort of got into it because I spent a lot of time in Italy during my career, uh, during my studies, sorry. And um, I kind of always loved fashion. And uh, that's sort of how the, the sort of passion sort of sparked inside me. Um, and then I'd always been a Saturday girl at Primark, you know, and then I went to college and I did extra hours. And then I went to uni and I'd worked the summer. You know how it is. So it kind yeah. of gave me an in. Um, so I was like, I've worked for these seven managers and they all love me. Can I come and be a training buyer, please? Not really knowing what was what. So it yeah. was really funny because I went for the career and the person interviewing me was literally like Patsy from AbFab. She literally had the orange lip. She was very, sweetie darling, sweetie darling, you know. And I, I was a little bit starstruck by her, really. Um, and I just sort of nodded in the right places. And honestly, I winged my way through it. I really felt like I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I felt like she just took a chance on me. So I'm always very grateful to her. Um, and that's kind of when my career started. I literally cried for the first six months. I mean, I really did. I... I was I had a quite a difficult boss um, at like buyer and and um, she didn't really ever ask me my opinion and I was only allowed to really file and you know God forbid the whole punches weren't in line because that's when we used to file every single email. <laughs> Do you remember those days? <laughs> so so it was kind of you know and then one day um, this is really when my career started. I got rescued because I was stuck in the traffic jam. There were no mobile phones. And basically this person was kind of dissing me and saying, where is she? Where is she? And all of this. Um, and I always used to be at my desk at 7am. So someone said, well, she must, something must have happened because she's always here early. And basically that person who is basically my career love of my life uh, rescued me and then started asking me things like, which car key, Bridget? And I was like, I don't know. What's the right <laughs> answer? I don't know what the right car key is. And that's, it was like a baptism of fire, but I loved every minute of it. So that's kind of a little bit about the start of it. But yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, mean, I actually, um, for a while, thought that I wanted to have a career in fashion. So I did journalism at uni nice. and nice. I applied for the London College of Fashion to do fashion journalism. I mean, I knew nothing about fashion other than the fact that I like clothes and I like shopping. And I was like, this is a good idea. I want to move to London. This is a great idea. And I went to the interview Honestly, when oh. I think now, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. So I went to the interview and it was like fucking Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> so like everyone is like dressed to the nines. And I mean, I I think I, I'm okay in terms of style, but I guess I'm not like a fashionista. Mm. And I certainly, I, I certainly, yeah. well, thank you. I certainly wasn't one <laughs> at 17 years old. Um <laughs> So I obviously I was probably wearing leopard print because I'm always wearing leopard print. And I went into this interview and I just completely panicked. I didn't know, like I didn't know what to say. I honestly sounded like an idiot. And this woman must have thought, what the fuck are you doing here? Like you don't, you don't even know what you're talking about. And the icing on the cake. And she said to me, she said, so if you could interview, bearing in mind, I'm in applying for a fashion journalism course. If you could interview anyone in the world, they could be dead, alive, anyone. So obviously she's expecting some sort of fashion answer. Absolutely panicked, complete empty brain, literally oh, no. no answer whatsoever. Guess what I fucking said? Mother Teresa. 
And I was like, Gemma, what <gasps> are you saying? What are you saying? What was her reaction? She just looked at me with the most blank expression and was just like, okay, thank you so much. Nice to meet you. And like, clearly I didn't get offered a place. Um, But yeah, what was I? Mother Teresa. I mean, oh come my on. God. What was I thinking? But yeah, I walked out of there thinking, you absolute idiot. What on earth are you thinking? Well, thank God I didn't go there because I don't think I would have fit in. Yeah. Um, in my Primark outfit. It was it was funny, but um, yeah, thank God I didn't I didn't, yeah. I didn't end up doing that. But um, yeah, so you're a mum. And you said you got a 12-year-old daughter. Yes. So you obviously had your daughter when you were still a buyer. I did, yeah. Tell us about your journey into motherhood. Um, well, as I've sort of alluded to, I was a real career girl. And let's just say, and it's hard to say this, but I am very honest about it. It wasn't really in my life plan. Um, And that's hard because my sister, for example, she's got, you know, four IVF kiddies. Okay. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so, but now, to be honest... Yeah, it wasn't in my life plan and I struggled, especially in the beginning, Um, especially working in an office with a lot of 20 year olds. I just felt I didn't want the mum label and I really struggled with that. I struggled. I didn't want to push a pram. I didn't want to have, I didn't want to be most, I just didn't want to have that label. I felt like it wasn't me. It didn't suit me. I loved being an auntie. That was the best thing in the world. And it took me. I mean, no word of a light, probably took me four years to really embrace motherhood. Doesn't mean that I didn't shower my daughter with love or anything like that. Yeah. But it just, for me, I just was working so hard. Um, and at the time I was a buyer for Peacocks, which was fantastic. Um, and actually they went into administration while I was on maternity leave. So it gave me a little bit longer off while I decided what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was a real challenge, that balance. And I didn't really get it very right. Um, my my ex-husband was very good. He um, sort of, well, he kind of almost overcompensated. And you know what that can feel like? The problem is when someone overcompensates, you kind of then take further steps back because, and that gap sort of grows, you know? So you get some, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I just, I couldn't really find my place with being a mother as well, even with the sort of day-to-day tasks. So it was very, very challenging. Um, but I think I got to the point where I was trying to make it work. But I mean, now I have obviously real balance because I run my own business and I can, even though that is mega tough in its own ways, I can see more of a meaner. I can go to the school play. I can, you know, and that's what, you know, being self-employed is, it, it gives you those moments of joy that you can experience. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so hard when you become a mum to not lose your identity. Absolutely. And you're who you are for such a long period of time. You fought really hard to be who you are, to get to where you are in your career, to develop yourself as a person, your relationship, your friendships. And then all of a sudden you have to take a back seat and someone else has to be your main priority. And I do think it's really hard. And that is partly why I started the Mindful Mama Club. So when I first had Pepper, so she's my eldest, she's four and a half. I had the idea of starting a business called the Millennial Mum Club. Um, and ultimately that was about the fact that I wanted to meet other mums 
who thought like me that still wanted to to happy to admit that you know what I do want a career and I do want my own life and I love being a mum but I am more than just a mum um and I I think I really struggled with that because I'm very career driven I'm very money driven I'm not even afraid to say that (laughs) I want a good career because I want to earn good money and I, I like nice things um and yeah I found it really hard to find that place of being a good mum but also good to myself yeah yeah and I didn't want to lose who I was and yeah I think that was kind of why I started the business and then obviously I didn't have time for that business and later on down the line when I had India I started this business but that's why I tried to weave in the community aspect of it and the events and the fact that those events that I put on are bougie glam up because <laughs> yeah. I love glamming up like why shouldn't we glam up? Why shouldn't we go out and get pissed of a drag queen just because we're mums? Like we're allowed a night off. Um, Yeah. And we talk about work. We talk about travel. We talk about sex. We talk about all the things I talked about before I had a child. Um, And yeah, it is hard to find that balance and find your identity, which I think follows really nicely onto talking about clothes. Yes. Because I think when you become a mum, more than anything, you're trying to dress a body that's different. Yeah. And even those mums who dare I say bounce back in that term that we is not the best term, but you know what I mean. They're yeah. Yeah. they're potentially whatever size they were before a baby. A week after they've had the baby, they look exactly the same as they did beforehand. Not everybody's like that. And some yeah. people are, and that's amazing, and their bodies just work that way. But there are lots of women who years on still have a very different body shape. And I work with a lot of those women. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it is hard. And I think, well, there's a few things here. So I think the first thing is just how hard we are on ourselves as women, mum or not a mum. You know, we look in that mirror and it's, I don't like this. Look at my double chin in that photo. Look at my tummy. I wish I had a bigger bum. Whatever it is, look at my cellulite. Whatever it is, we just beat ourselves up and it's a constant. And I think social media in some ways has helped. And in some ways has hindered because obviously you've got amazing body positivity um, accounts out there and I follow a lot of them and I love them, you know, and I think, yeah, you go, girl. And we didn't have that before. And I think it's a very generational thing as well. Um, So, you know, I work with clients in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. My eldest client is 77. I love her to death. And, you know, I'm all about body positivity positivity and age and pro-age so that, you know, like I said it's almost like yes coming back to being a mum you do yeah the body you once knew it will change and it I suppose it depends I've got I've had recently quite a few new mums that have come to me and they're almost embracing their new body quite soon so they're kind of saying I want to ditch the maternity wear yeah which we'll come on to that let's not get stuck yeah yeah, we (laughs) The hate for maternity wear and breastfeeding friendly clothes. But let's let's come on to that later. Yeah. So, you know, and then you'll have mums who stay in that maternity wear for long for years and years, basically. Oh, I I had that when I was pregnant, didn't I? So I sort of have um, a few opinions about this. I think the first one is to really, truly embrace yourself. Stop talking about what size you used to be. This is massive. This is mums, not mums. it's like, try and love your body the way it is now. And I think the quicker you do embrace that body, a lot of people say to me, I really want to work with you, Bridget, but I want to lose some weight first. And I say, no, 
don't do that because you'll just keep putting it off and putting it off, putting it off. Do it now, embrace the body you've got now. And honestly, I can showcase, I've never found a woman or never worked with a woman, should I say, where I've not been able to showcase things on her body. I always find something. I've never had a case where I couldn't showcase something. We've all got lovely bits to show off. And it's almost like all I do is big up those amazing showcasey bits and then we forget about the rest. It's all good. <laughs> and the thing is about dressing is that, like you said, you dress to show off the bits that you are confident in and that yeah. you are comfortable with. Yeah. And we all have insecurities. Absolutely. So let's dress to kind of avoid the insecurities. If you've got nice legs, get your legs out. That's it. You might not like your bum. So cover your bum up. That's exactly like, it. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my strap line really is dress to impress yourself. And I live and die by that. Like literally. I love that. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing or saying or how they're looking. As long as you're owning it, whatever you're wearing, that's it. The, the best accessory is confidence. And I know it sounds really cheesy, but it is so true. And, you know, I have a few confidence tips which I can share um so i think the first one and i've put an example of it behind me here on the on the, the lovely mannequin is color wear color and instantly you feel good now i work with a lot of women and their whole wardrobe is black and there's nothing wrong with black i love a bit of black myself <laughs> but if you're feeling a bit down wearing color a pop of a lip just honestly will just really transform how you feel a cobalt blue, yeah. an emerald green, a bright red, you know, a fuchsia pink. It makes such a difference to your confidence, you know. So I'd say that was definitely number one. The second thing is, and it's so obvious, but so many people don't do it, is dressing so you feel comfortable. You can still look effortlessly chic, but be comfortable. Because if you're not comfortable in whatever you're wearing, even whether it's leggings and a tee, and you keep messing with your clothes and adjusting yourself because you don't feel right, you, you instantly look less confident and more awkward and you feel it because you keep adjusting yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another big one. It's so simple, but so many people struggle with that. Just sort of wearing just something which they, they don't have to keep, you know, adjusting and playing and, you know, so I'd say um, that was another one as well. And good fitting underwear, that's another essential. You know, getting those puppies in the right place, very <laughs> important. You know, that can make a massive difference to your outfit, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's funny because um, I was writing some notes before our podcast and I wrote underwear. Um, and I wanted to get your verdict on shapewear. Oh, yes. Oh, so this is a good one. So... I always say to my queens, as I call them, that you don't need shapewear. If you are wearing the right clothes that fit you really well, you shouldn't need shapewear. I hate people feeling like they have to shrink their body two or three sizes or suck it in here or squidge it there, you know, to look good. But actually, if you wear something, and this will nicely come onto my post from today, please, or yesterday, please ignore the size tab. I'm telling you from a fashion industry insider that the sizing is absolute bollocks, right? It all depends which retailer that retailer's chasing this year, who they're going after. Right, we want to go after ASOS. Right, let's change all the fits. Let's go younger. Let's go. It, it just, you know, it doesn't mean anything. So if you're normally a 14 and you go into a shop and you're like, oh, I'm a 16, I'm ready. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's how it fits. So I dress a lot of my women in um, kind of rib dresses, um, you know, like perfect for mums, you know, 
um, chic, you could put a blazer over the top, a biker, whack it with some trainers, and instantly you look elevated. You could do tonal, you could do contrast, like a bright blazer with like a black rib dress. And all I do simply is I go two, three, even four sizes bigger. Who cares? As long as it skims that body. We don't like cling, we like skim. Um, and you, you'll just get that amazing look. So I'm all for throwing out that rule book and just kind of dressing that body, regardless of size or whatever. That's very important. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even in some shops, like I know I can walk into some high street shops and I'll be a small in some of the things yeah. I pick up and then I'll be an extra large in yeah. some of the others. Like I, it's taken me a while to get over that because yeah. I... I was seven and a half stone for yeah. my whole life. Didn't even try. Like it was just my size. That's the size I was. And then I got to like mid twenties and I wasn't that size anymore. And then I had children and I definitely wasn't that size anymore. So I was like a size eight for as long as I could ever remember. And now I'm probably 12, 14, sometimes 16, even in some high street stores. But actually who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I like getting dressed up. I, I still get compliments. People say I look nice. No one says, what size are you wearing? When was the last time someone said to you, I really love your dress. What size is it? You're so wrong. Ne You're so Never. Right. No one cares. Like, yeah, if you look nice, you look nice. Like, no one's going to say to you, what size are you wearing? I mean, maybe if they want to borrow it, they yeah. might. But other than that, they're probably not going to ask. Um, so, yeah, it is hard. And I definitely have friends who are really hung up on, oh, yes. I'm not going to buy new clothes because I want to lose weight. And they've been saying that for two and a half years. And so they're still wearing the same clothes in their wardrobe, which they don't like and they don't feel comfortable in and they haven't lost any weight. So just buy the clothes yeah. that you want to yeah. wear. And that's in another thing. When I go into wardrobes, you know, we hold on to these things, you know, like almost trophies, you know, from the past. And I understand that some things have um, emotional attachment. I've kept a dress that I met my husband in. I can't get anywhere near it now. But it's like one or two pieces. It's not like my whole wardrobe doesn't fit and stuff. So um, I think that's a real, you hit on something really big there in terms of, you know, we do keep these things that we can't fit in. And to be honest, that's just beating yourself up every single day. Yeah. You know. It is. It's bullying yourself. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah ultimately it is um so yeah obviously we've talked about confidence I think lack of confidence for a lot of people is a big thing oh, yeah. we both we both touched on maternity wear so let's talk about maternity wear I mean I whenever I talk to people about clothes I've got a friend who's pregnant at the moment and she was like oh can you send me like links to places where they sell good maternity wear and I was like you don't need to buy maternity wear you just buy the same clothes that you always like and if you don't fit in it you buy a size bigger that's it um I don't, or you buy styles that can accommodate a bump. Obviously, there are certain things like jeans and leggings. I would say 100% go and buy maternity ones because, but like dresses, tops, all of those kinds of things, like you don't need to buy maternity wear. No. Either dress up what you've got in your wardrobe, you'll probably be surprised at how many items you already own that actually oh still my fit gosh, you when yeah, you're that's pregnant. Me. I just shot my yeah. wardrobe. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I had so many dresses. And also some of them were like, weren't tight before, but I could still wear them as a tight dress when I was pregnant, which I loved because you can show off your bum. Yeah, and... absolutely. Absolutely. I remember being eight months pregnant in this like sequin, you know, little t-shirt dress, rocking my bum yeah. on the dance floor, living my best life. You know, it was I great. love that. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, we obviously had a little chat before we came in here and, and the ruching. Why oh is all maternity gosh. wear, one, granny floral, like we don't need to be wearing our nan's curtains. And two, that ruching that down ruching. the side. 
I swear, anyone who anyone who's bought that ruching and put into retail, they obviously just haven't had kids because like, I'm sorry, no one wants to wear a ruch side t-shirt, whether they sell or not. I'm sorry, like I just, you know, what's wrong with a nice rib, just normal rib dress t-shirt? You know, something you'd wear anyway. Exactly, and I'm I'm convinced they only sell because people think that they should wear them. Yeah, like. People have this mentality of, oh, I must buy maternity wear. No, honey, you don't need to buy maternity wear. Like, and also like brands like Hunza G and stuff have proved that a ribbing, you buy one size. It doesn't matter. It fits everybody. Fits you when you're pregnant, when you're not, size eight, size 20, whatever you are, it fits you. So just buy clothes that can accommodate bumps that you actually still love. Yeah. Like you said, the only thing really, when I, cause I, I was, when I was pregnant, it was like Topshop had like their maternity range and stuff like that and they're a few nice bits but the main thing was just jeans that's all i had an over the bump pair from h&m and then like some quite uncomfortable jamies with like side buttony things but but that was it you know everything else was dresses and you can totally rock dresses and then even after you can still wear those things and look great but i do think coming on to like post it is important to sort of move on because for for your mindset um and keeping a bit of that identity of your own which we talked about earlier i definitely think it's important to move on from what you've worn personally that's sort of how i feel because um otherwise you it's very difficult to get out of that and you get into what i call a cozy uniform or a comfy uniform or a safe uniform yeah and there's nothing wrong with that but i i know i'm proof that if you keep doing that year on year on year, you really will get lost. And I didn't get lost because I was in the fashion industry. So I was always up to date. It kind of drove me forward. But if you don't have that or you're not interested in fashion, then you can get lost quite quickly. You know, um, I think mum uniform as well. I yeah, always, I that's always what call I mean. it mum yeah. yeah. uniform. But um, we were talking about it actually earlier with a couple of my friends, how it's so easy to just chuck on a t-shirt, chuck on some joggers or chuck on some shorts. Um, it's so easy to fall into that trap. Um, but actually you can still wear those clothes. If you buy the right items, you can still look really chic. Absolutely. So, like a stripy t-shirt, I would say, because I'm wearing one right now, but like a stripy t-shirt um, with stuff like, and a red lip, like you said about, or a pop of colour. I think they're so you know, timeless. And like you say, if you wear a statement lip or you've got a little blazer, because that's the thing, blazers have really exploded over the last, I would say three years. And that in itself, and people are like, oh no, not blazers, but they're thinking about the old school blazer, you know, that you used to wear to gloves. It's not that, it's a semi-casual one, semi-fitted. And I think that with jeans and a stripy tee, I mean, that's just lovely. I mean, that's one oh, yeah, of my favourite looks. Yeah. yeah, or like leggings even with an oversized blazer and a pair of trainers whack a cool crossbody bag over you and you look really chic and you've made zero effort basically and um, you're still really comfortable and that's the other thing yes. you don't need to be uncomfortable pouring yourself into things wearing the shapewear that you were talking about earlier you, you don't need any of that you know it's just about skimming your body showing your shape and actually the other thing i would say is don't be afraid to show your curves your lovely edges as i call them and you know uh, embrace yourself you know i think it's just so important yeah, definitely. And I think we are, like you said, about being so guilty of kind of bullying ourselves. What we see in the mirror 
is never what anybody else sees. And when you're looking at like photos of yourself are a great example. So like um, we talk, I was talking to one of my friends earlier and she was like, oh, I looked through the photos. I sent her some photos of an event we'd been to. And she was like, oh, I just look like I look really big in all the photos. And I was like, I didn't once even think that. I just thought, oh, they're really lovely photos. And I'm the worst. We talked about double chin. That's me. I will pick up on my double chin in every single photo. And someone will go, that's such a lovely photo of you. And I'm like, that's awful. I've got a double chin. And they're like, where? I didn't even notice your double chin. Like, you're, you've got great legs. And thing, I'm like, isn't it? Oh. like, I often do a head right back, mouth wide open laugh. But, I mean, that is who I am, basically. So I'm guaranteed to have that, you know, double chin in every photo where I'm laughing out loud but do you know what that's just joy and I'm just trying to like embrace it and say you know that's joy right there and I was living my best life in that moment you know yeah no I agree it is hard you know it is and we do have to love those insecurities about ourselves, especially like you're obviously raising a woman I'm raising women um and I really think that as mums it's our responsibility to show them that we love ourselves because otherwise they will stand in the mirror and they will put themselves down and I remember when Indy was born that was a real awakening for me and I think I'm so much more confident now than I probably ever have been and I think that moment for me was she kind of came through my legs as I was giving birth to her and I looked at her and I've got well I always say I've got big ears and I looked down at her and I thought, oh, fuck me. She's got my ears. And in that moment, I thought, well, that's it. I've got to love my ears now because I can't ever let her think that she can't love her ears. So I never wore earrings because I didn't like to bring attention to my ears. And so I went to the um, one of my friends that was ear piercing. And I said, I want to get my second holes pierced. And she went, but you never wear earrings. And I said, no, but my baby's just been born and she's got my ears. And so from now on, oh, I'm going to wear earrings. so cute. Yep. So I got my second ear hole done and I rocked earrings and now I wear my hair scraped back. And I still think my ears look big, but I would never let her know that because oh. she has them ears. So I think it's so important. That's gorgeous. Kind of, yeah. And you, you have to just get over it because I would be so upset if I saw my girls like tearing themselves down in front of the mirror one day so I can't I think you know we talked about it we touched on social media and saying you know it's a good thing and it's a bad thing and I think that they're gonna have by the time they're kind of your age and my age I feel like they are gonna have I think it's gonna go full circle that's what I'm hoping is that you know there's so many people shouting about loving yourself and I think there's a big thing about well I can't love myself I mean that's a bit vain or I can't you know but you can and there's nothing wrong with that you know I mean since being made redundant and since starting my business I also have been I've started to be um get into more um into spirituality and I go to um calm and connected circles like once every two weeks I couldn't actually get through life without those um and actually it's a real I would recommend it to anyone uh, because it's a real celebration of being a woman and honestly getting off your chest and sharing with other women there's honestly nothing better than that and my service I always say it's kind of so much more than clothes it's about yep. what's in here and a lot of people aren't showing up the way they feel inside and when you talk about clothes it feels quite shallow you know but actually, like I said, it, it's so much more than that. It's them really matching what 
what's in their heart and and how and a lot of people sort of have this inner ego let's say you know this kind of inner person that they're like oh I wish I could be like that and I basically show you how to be like that and it's it's yeah. it's just showing up the way you want to and then when the two match that's just magic oh 100 percent. and I yeah I'm a pretty spiritual person and I de oh. definitely believe that if you shine from the inside then you shine from the outside but also if you shine from the outside like you shine, shine from the absolutely, inside absolutely. yeah absolutely. And I love that like both my births are a really good example of that. So I was induced both times. And the first time, obviously I had an induction date. And the day before, I went and fake tanned. I got my eyelashes done. I had a blow dry. Um, I had a necklace on that had my um, daughter's new initials on it because I felt like that would make me connected to her. And I went in, I had a full face of makeup on. I had leopard print leggings on. <laughs> and I went in there thinking, if I feel confident and I feel like an absolute boss bitch, like... I'm going to smash this birth because I know that I feel good. I knew if I'd gone in there, no makeup, scraped back hair, I would have felt like shit because I get oh, my I confidence from feeling good and looking good. Yeah. So that's, I always, people always laugh and I'm like, I got my nails done and stuff. And they're like, well, what did you do that for? And I'm like, for me, I did that for me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I think you should, if you want, you don't get dressed up for anyone else, get dressed up for yourself. That's it. Just impress yourself every time, every time. And the thing is, you know, every time you leave your front door, that can be your mentality, you know? It doesn't matter where you go. And you could be going to bloody the co-op or I don't know. It doesn't matter. But you can go there with confidence and you can feel good. And like you said, you know, about our, our daughters and stuff, it's like it's showing them, you know, that that's part of self-care and self-love. You know, I honestly believe that, you know. Yeah. And it's not being vain. No. It's just... If you want to feel confident and you like getting dressed up and you like putting makeup on, it's like hospital bags. People always laugh when you say, oh, I packed makeup in my hospital bag. And I'm like, well, why? Because <laughs> it took me five minutes to put some makeup on or do my skincare routine. And I felt good after. Yeah. So why shouldn't I do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, oh, another one that's my pet peeve breastfeeding friendly clothes oh I get asked for this a lot yeah I did I did a, I did a talk recently at a baby group yeah yeah so I I'm a big believer in basically anything is breastfeeding friendly like there are some accommodations you need to make certain clothes but mostly anything is breastfeeding friendly and I tell all the people about my secret little trick is dresses if you put cycling shorts underneath they're breastfeeding friendly oh yes I saw that on your Instagram yeah yeah, yeah. You can wear whatever you want when you're breastfeeding. You don't have to go out and get these things with zips and poppers and like crossover fronts, which let's face it again, look horrific. Who wants to be wearing them? Nobody. Yeah, I think quite a few people have hang-ups though about kind of thick bra straps showing with certain things. And I think that's another big one. Um, but I just think go with it, embrace it, you know. Um, and like you said, there are things that are that are kind of regular wear, let's say, um, but very, you know, you've got lovely wrap dresses, tops, you know, you've got a rib dress that you can just pull down. You know what I mean? It doesn't, like you say, it doesn't have to be a big rigmarole. You know, it can be very simple. Yeah, of course it can. And mm. it doesn't also have to be expensive. No. You don't have to go out because breastfeeding maternity bras, mm. like mm. specific, once you stick maternity or breastfeeding in front of it, 
for some reason the price tag like twice as much and you're like you don't need to spend hundreds of pounds buying clothes let's face it you don't even like um just because you think you won't be able to feed in anything else so you can still shop in all of the shops that you shop in you can probably shop your own wardrobe for most of it as yeah, well yeah um and also shop second hand yeah like, absolutely or- oh i love a bit pre-loved yeah 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 borrow from friends as well like you were saying about once you have maternity wear kind of leave that behind and move on then then lend those maternity items that you had to friends or sell them on vintage Vintage, so someone else can get some love from them yeah 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 definitely so are you a big fan of um pre-loved then I do love a bit of pre-loved um, and I also um, love a bit bit of vintage. I love selling on vintage. Um, I think it's important to, you know, if you've loved something to death and you kind of, but it's still beautiful, then sell it on. I'm not a big believer just selling crap, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, because also I have kind of, because I'm a personal stylist, I can't just sell it to the person if I don't think it will fit them. So I ask all these questions. Honestly, it's hilarious buying from me. Because <laughs> I want to know that the item is going to be loved. And, you know, because that's what I preach as a personal stylist. It's I love people to love the things to death. And I know I do. Um, you know, I've had a faux leather skirt from River Riding completely disintegrate almost because I've worn it to death, you know. Um, and I've got you know, I think it's important to love your clothes to death. Even though I spent a career in the fast fashion arena, um, I always, even when I was a buyer, I bought things that had longevity. Even when I was at Primark, you know, I've still got denim that I bought as a denim buyer there. Um, And I think at the end of the day, retail is all about margin, right? So some retailers have a higher margin, hence the price is more, some have a lower, and, and that's sort of how it all works out. But at the end of the day, quality is controlled across all um, all retailers. You know, it's a huge thing from the bottom end, the value end, right up to the top. You know, there's checks in place on everything from a quality point of view. Um, so I think that's important, but I do love pre-loved, yes. And I would love to shop pre-loved for my clients. I don't at the moment, it's very, very difficult. Um, I've tried to sort of collaborate with a few pre-loved brands, but the problem is you never know if something's gonna fit, right? So. Uh, and part of my, I see my role as is because of the crazy fits that are out there, as discussed the sizing, I get two or three sizes when I'm doing a fit session. So then no one ever says to me, oh, I love that item, Bridget, but it doesn't fit. I just can't have that. I just need them to love the thing and the fit is not an issue, you know. I mean, sometimes it is because it's, a, you know, maybe the fits are bad across all the sizes, but, you know, I try and take that out of the mix, you know. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. What do do you have a capsule wardrobe? So that's obviously a big thing. Yes, I do. Um, I deliver a capsule wardrobe. So that'll be about eight, 10 pieces. Um, and that's a good starting point um, in terms of working with me because you know you can interchange those pieces. You know, so it will be a great fitting stripe, a blazer, a really nice fitting pair of jeans. I mean, that's the other one, jeans. Um, you know, that's the holy grail for a lot of people that they can't get jeans and so a lot of people say to me oh I can't wear jeans anymore because I just can't you know they just don't fit me I just can't sort it out and stuff like that but actually if you know the go-to items then it's very easy actually yeah definitely so what do you advise people have in their capsule wardrobe so I would say so I started saying so blazer definitely a slim jean rather than a skinny so I would recommend um, Stradivarius do a really lovely slim mum they're fantastic. Yeah, they do. I, love I have them. at least three pairs. Yes, of them. yes, they're fantastic. 
Um, a dress that makes you feel special. Um, definitely some colour. So whether it's a coloured knit, something bright. Um, I've also um, added a sort of denim maxi. I don't think they're going away. You can dress those with boots and knits. Um, I love as well a wool coat, um, generally in a pop of colour, but I also am quite partial to a bit of a check one. Um, so that always is in the mix. Generally some Chelsea boots, some really fresh trainers. You know, so I think with trainers, definitely try and update those once a season so they're looking nice and fresh. Because um, I find that can sort of ruin your whole outfit if you've got like a bit of a muddy you know trainer and it's not looking you know it, it just doesn't it doesn't pull the whole thing together you know um in terms of accessories belts for me are huge people are very scared of belts um and i don't know why because actually i can create a waist for you with a belt um a lot of people worry that they're going to have stuff hanging over stuff hanging under but actually no it actually defines the waist and, and gets people's eyes to that smallest part of your waist. Um, so that's essential for me, uh, a waisted belt. There's an excellent one um, in Peacocks. It's six pound. It's got the double gold ring. It goes with everything. And that's the other thing with me. I shop high end, I shop volume. I kind of shop all across the high street. I shop at phase eight, mint velvet. It doesn't really matter, but I just find the best pieces within each retailer's range. And I do a lot of research. So at the moment I'm researching autumn, I'm going out two, three times a week. I'm trying everything. I'm seeing what the sizing is like. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that people perhaps don't realise. <laughs> yeah. And I guess really fun as well, because if you love clothes, I mean, I would find it very hard not to buy the clothes for myself. <laughs> it's quite a challenge and it does require a lot of willpower because obviously in my life as a buyer, I've had always a lot of clothes around me. So that's quite hard. I try and be good, but at times I just have to give in or I'll buy something and someone will be my size. And I think, oh, I'm just going to get one for me, you know. Um, but my thing is timeless. So I should live and die by that. And I try to, you know, like this dress is probably two and a half, three years old. And I absolutely love it. I always get comments on it wherever I go. And I've got a lot of those midi dresses that I can sort of tap into, you know, that are a nice print and they fit me well. Um, and, you know, you can update them by your footwear or your earrings or your necklace or whatever it is. So I think that's quite important to say as well. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any favourite brands that you like to shop Ooh, um, high okay. street or higher end? Yeah. So I would say um, I do love Warehouse, as already mentioned, for midi dresses. I think they are amazing. Um, I really love um, H&M. Um, I think they are people are scared of H&M, they think it's too young for them. Um, but actually, I think they've done an absolutely incredible job this season, just gone. I mean, they were on fire, is all I can say. Um, I think their fits are very generous. The other thing is, I shop a lot on Next, but for brands, the brands that are on Next. So brands that I recommend are uh, Friends Like These. They allow boobs. So Yay. all the mums out there, you know, breastfeeding or not, or whatever. They allow boobs, and I love that. There's another brand I absolutely love, um, Row and Sew. Um, you can buy those on John Lewis or on their uh, website. And or I also really love. Um, if money is no object, I really love Reese. Um, I think they do some great pieces. Um, and else? you can buy Reese at places like Vista Village and stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. If you want to yeah. get a discounted stuff, um, then yeah, you can go. They do outlet stores and stuff. 
and I style at phase eight two or three times a week. Their quality is absolutely beautiful. Um, they rock, absolutely do a great job of jumpsuits and dresses. I mean, if you've got an occasion, they are amazing. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Obviously, I love a bit of Primani. Who doesn't? Um, but because I've got the eye to pick the pieces that are the best, you know, um, and I can whittle out the things that maybe aren't as good. Um, but yeah, I think they're some of my favourites, really. But I, I don't, I do, I sort of, and I shop a lot on ASOS as well. I love ASOS. Yeah, I'd... I shop a lot on ASOS. It's just the variety. It's the so variety. Good. I'm all about the variety, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like because of their returns are so easy, you feel like you can buy a couple of sizes knowing that if you return it the next day, you're going to get your money back in your bank within like a week. So it's like they are they are pretty good. And at I love like the that. kind of ASOS design bits as well. I just I recently had a dress on my social media which was a soft green with like an embroidery. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. Really nice. What about um, investment pieces? So I'm a big handbag fan. I have quite a lot of handbags. Um, I convinced Joss that they are my investment. <laughs> I'm like that. That wall over there, full yeah. of bags, is an investment. So if we need money, we'll sell them. It's fine. Um, do you have something like that that you love? Are you a shoe person, a handbag person? Mm, not so much. I mean, I appreciate them, and I love my shoes to death but I don't really do designer. I have a bag, a Marc Jacobs gorgeous rucksack that I bought for my 40th birthday. I love it to death. I hunted down the whole of, I mean, I literally went all around New York searching for this, this, um, this rucksack, that. which I absolutely love to death. And again, it's timeless. So I, I love it so much. And coats. I don't think you can spend enough money on a really nice coat, especially oh, yes. like Italian wool and that type of thing. It doesn't do that bobble thing. Um, you know, cashmere doesn't bobble, those types of things. Um, but I would say, yeah, I, I appreciate a really nice bag, for sure. I spent a lot of time in Hong Kong and places like that. Like, oh, I mean, the, the, the designer stores out there, I don't know if you've been, Gemma, but they're like another level. Yeah. Yeah. Another level. It is a very cool place to shop. Oh, my God. Like Louis Vuitton. And like, oh, my gosh. Like Chanel there. I mean, they are beautiful. I love Chanel. Yeah. I mean. I like going in the stores just for the experience. Oh, absolutely. So like, I've been to Milan and stuff. We weren't going to yeah. buy anything. We were just wandering around yes. looking in and out of the shops. Like, just. Yeah. I just love looking at the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, you mentioned coats. I'm, I'm coat obsessed. Yes. Um, I do love and Zara do insane coat quality like I have had coats for like 10 years from there and the thing about coats is well I'm a very much a winter person people laugh at me I don't like summer like I like winter clothes I like boots coats layers all of that kind of thing I'm the same. Um, so yeah when it comes to um, coats and stuff I think they're a really nice way to feel confident as well because yes if you are feeling potentially potentially insecure about your body whack on a stylish coat you're not showing anything off but you look fab absolutely yeah I agree I yeah, just definitely. I just love a nice coat for that instant confidence boost yeah yeah 100% well I have had the best time talking to you about clothes um I could I could talk about clothes all day long um I absolutely love shopping I would call myself a shopaholic probably I think I'm I googled it once it's actually called oniomaniac and I think I have that condition it's a real thing oh my gosh well you always look awesome so I think it's worth it 
thank you very much um but no i've had the best time thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me and hopefully we have inspired um some other mums to kind of dress for themselves and feel a little bit confident do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want to work with you or know more about what you do yeah so um i'm happy stylish uk on social media i'm on facebook and also instagram uh plus my gorgeous new website is going live i think within about 48 hours so that's just the happy stylist.co.uk and um i have a few services so just very quickly the first one style sos that's just to have a little bit of bridget in your life literally if you feel completely lost that's just a power hour with me. We can do it online and you will learn how to dress for your body shape, your coloring, um, your lifestyle, and it gives you a real overview. So then you can go off, make those steps, you know? Um, so it's a great first step and I'm offering that at 75 pound at the moment. So it's a really good price. Um, and then I also have a capsule wardrobe as discussed. I can put that together for you. Um, and then there's sort of other things where you want a lot more one-to-one um, -one, um, and that's in person there's a few trial sessions and things but the spend for that is about 500 pound minimum and it'll be two sessions so it's for someone who really needs a whole you know they need everything maybe yeah. you know um, you know your body shape has completely changed I work with a lot of people who are menopausal and you know you just feel completely lost so you need a bit more you know so I do different tiers really um, yeah. but yeah so uh, that's, yeah, a little bit about sort of how to work with me. And it's a lot of girly fun. Um, <laughs> people often feel a little bit apprehensive, but honestly, after five minutes of being with me, it's just, it's just fun. Oh, I can tell you. You seem so easy to kind of get on with. I'm sure people will feel very comfortable in your presence. So, um, yeah. So, guys, if you're looking for that little confidence boost and what to wear, then then hit Bridget up. Oh, thank you, Gemma. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I've had a great time chatting to you and I'm sure that we'll be doing stuff in the future. I really want to do an event with you. So um, yeah, you, I'm sure you will hear more from me and Bridget, but um, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, darling. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Shits and Giggles Guide to Motherhood. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you love what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review. Your feedback means the world to me. It helps other mums discover the show too. If you want to hear more, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mindful Mama Club. I love to chat, so always feel free to reach out. Join us again next time as we bring you more shits and giggles, inspiring conversations, amazing guests, and tips for you to boss your own motherhood adventure. Thank you for being a part of the MMC community. And until next time, keep smiling and being the bloody superhero woman that you are. Lots of love, Jen.